Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on, and here's Christophe and Macca. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you, like every time, you can download or uh, subscribe to our uh, podcast on, on the website, sbs.com.au slash sport, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is, of course, you can see him, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? You're a bit far today. I've, uh, hey, I've moved out a bit because... Check it out. Look who we've got in. And uh, we were talking about, Mark, how do I repair my hair to get it back something have you, have like that? Have you got major hair fumble? I have. I have. <laughs> well, you, you, you sort of alerted me to it. Uh, hey, good to have you on. And good to have you on if you're watching. But um, good job last night, mate. Debut, first time on comms. You still know a bunch of the riders. You've roomed <laughs> with half of them, so that helps. But it was a good stage, wasn't it? It certainly was. Uh, good evening, everybody. Pleasure to be on here. Thanks for having me on this Swift podcast. And yeah, luckily, I still know a few names in the bunch there. <laughs> a lot of young riders have come through. That, that'll dry up, mate. Five more years in retirement, you won't know anyone. Uh, look, <laughs> Philip Gilbert will still be there. Yeah, yeah, he might be. He, might he was be. on the French commentary, actually, yesterday. <laughs> was he? Uh, was yeah, he really? Was a, well, someone told me. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have a look at what happened yesterday because it was a stage up a volcano and that delivered as well. Maca, take us through what happened at the end. Yeah, look, it was a brilliant stage. Not unexpected. Big break went away. We thought they might get caught at one point, but they didn't. They hung on. They split up. Peloton were coming. And in the end, it came down to two men, Spaniard Lopez and the German Kamner. Kamner caught him right in the last few kilometres. It was really weird what went on here. There's a little bit of chit-chat, wasn't there, Mark? But in the end, it came down to the two sprinting it yeah, out. Look, certainly this was the moment. This was the, what decided the race. Uh, Kemna here taking the corner perfectly. We see Lopez. He got caught under the wheel. Too much on the back brake. Locked that back brake up. From there, the race was over. The victory was Kemna. Yeah, it was Let, Let's it was make it clear good. one thing. Uh, because we saw them having a little chat uh, just a little bit earlier on in that climb. Probably deciding who's going to win the stage, who's going to claim the pink jersey because Lopez could. Honestly, what did you think of Lopez's attitude? And, and the good point is, lucky Kamna uh, didn't miss that corner because I think Lopez was on his back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, what, what, what we didn't see was that um, he didn't pull out the, um, you know, those old machines where you put your credit card in yeah. and swipe it? <laughs> they didn't have it in the back pocket. So um, there's, sometimes there's this unwritten rule. I think we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the audience aren't silly. So we'll treat you with a bit of respect that <laughs> deals are done out on the road. But what's your take on it, Mark? Do you think there was a bit of a they, – they definitely talked about something, but what do you think Let, went down? Let's be honest. They've both come uh, to the finish of this stage. They both want to win the stage. Yeah. And we can see how disappointed Lopez was. That he didn't win the stage because he'd done the he done. It the was genuine, pass. right? Was he it genuine? genuine? Was it Christoph's genuine? wondering no, if it was, it was. No, it was genuine because yeah. uh, okay. look, he messed up that final corner. Yeah. And uh, in a stage like that, they may have spoken, but there was no agreement. Okay. It came down to who had the legs on the day. Lopez messed up that back cor- that last corner. 
Kemner took the win. In the end, they both walk away with something, a stage victory and the yeah. jersey. But for me, oh, that would be a very sour feeling, knowing that you missed the stage. And just can, can I just ask, in, in current day, would either of those riders been personally picking up a big bonus for the stage win? I Would that at, have been on the on the on the line for them as well? Look, I don't know how some teams work. I know yeah. a lot of teams, but I think those guys uh, may not be a bonus on the line today. But they know going forward, next year's contract might add another zero. It's definitely nice to have a uh, a stage win of the Giro, yeah. and not only having the the pink jersey. So. Yeah. And especially when you're someone like Kamna, and we'll talk a bit more about uh, about him uh, a bit later on. But when you look at the depth of that team. Uh, it's good for him to exist as well because he's got three big leaders, and now he's showing his he's, he's picking up his he's showing his nose on the on the finish line. Oh yeah, they're, I mean, look, they're, they're shaping up nicely. The, the problem they're going to have moving forward potentially is too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah. and you know, one's got to, one's got to cook the broth. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I think it's a good problem to have, yeah, right? Absolutely. Let's listen from uh, the winner of the stage yesterday, Leonard Kamner. You were a favourite this morning, and you have made it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was a super hard day, especially the last climb. It was like really long and really hard. And uh, I almost thought I lost it when uh, Lopez had like more than 30 seconds. And I could just made it to, to bridge. And yeah, I just made it. And uh, yeah, then I tried to recover a little bit for the sprint and uh, it worked out really well. When you passed him or you reached him, you have spoken a bit. Did you deal uh, the win and the Malia Rosa? Uh, let me say it like this. Maybe we had like a silent agreement. Uh, what does it mean for you to win a stage at the Giro d'Italia? You uh, won the stage at the yeah. Tour de France oh, I'm so happy to, to already have like the stage in, in the pocket. I think for our team it's super great to have an early victory. That's It's releasing a lot of pressure. And uh, yeah, I think for us everything is like... On the on the right way. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations all around. Uh, silent agreement. We just talked about it. How silent was this? Do you think? Really, really? Well, there was a bit of silence <laughs> after he answered that. I yeah. think Jeff uh, Kinney didn't know where to go from there. Yeah. Do you think he's counting how much it is by the second there is a silence? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyway, I'm, I'm just a journalist. I'm stirring it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. a big pot. <laughs> uh, the Salawas Kamna, we talked about the depth of that team. Uh, how, how would you rate Leonard Kamna? I love the guy. I've put out a question on Twitter yesterday, which went 50-50, but uh, do you think Kamna has the potential to become the new De Gent? He has the potential to become, but he isn't. He's still got, he's still got about 10, 15 wins to do before yeah, well, he De reaches the heights of uh, Thomas De Gent. Remember, De Gent was third in the Giro d'Italia yeah. 10 years ago, in fact. Um, but he's good. Kemner's good. He's, how, do you rate, how do you rate him, actually? Look, Kemner, he's a good rider. But when we talk about Thomas DeGent, he is one of the best in the breakaways. He's proved it year after year. So I think Kemner's got a long way to go before we can put him even remotely yeah. in the same <laughs> league. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> I just love him because, uh, small anecdote, but uh, I think it was last year or two years ago, I picked him up out of the blue in our tipping competition. I don't uh, you were that. amazed. You were amazed by my pick. Mate, <laughs> at the end of those tipping comps... We put them through a shredder <laughs> and we start a fresh no proof, New Year. No so proof. produce the man, proof, I, mate. I, I just remember the amazement in your eyes. That's all. That's just was the I was. I was amazed. I went, how did he do it? How did this guy do it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there's also a new leader, a new uh, Mayo Rosa to uh, the Giro. Let's see some from him. The last Spaniard with the Malia Rosa was Alberto Contador. You must be very happy. Yeah, I'm so happy today, you know, for, for take the, the jersey. 
now I don't believe the moment, so I need to enjoy tomorrow, today, and every moment with the jersey. Can you tell us about the, the decisions you took uh, up the climb when you decided to attack, and uh, what happened when uh, Lennart Kemna reached you? Yeah, I tried to go in the hardest part because there I can make the difference, no? And okay, I tried, but Kamna take me in the last. Uh, two, three K, and we fight for the sprint here, but I stay near the cross and nothing. No, I try to fight for the victory, for the victory, but it's so difficult. But I have the the jersey, I'm so happy. No, you have the jersey, and uh, it's probably for a few days, not just one. I I don't know how many days, but for sure I enjoy it day by day with the with the jersey. I enjoy it today when when I put the jersey tomorrow and every state that I have the jersey. Yeah. So that was uh, Lopez, the new uh, pink jersey, uh, the Mayo Rosa uh, question here, a uh, million dollar question, I guess. How many days do you think Lopez can stay in pink when you look at the route ahead? Looking at the stages ahead, I think he's going to hold it for at least the next two days. Uh, so that's tonight and tomorrow. The stage after, very lumpy. So yeah. depending how much Trek want to defend that, uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Maka, when, when we look at it, uh, we said it in, in the previous episodes that uh, the question was for yesterday of, of who would step up and wanted to take that jersey. Uh, would Back Exchange do it? Would Ineos do it? Uh, was it too early? None of them. Clearly, the answer is Trek wanted it, uh, not by the leader, Giacone. Uh, no, it's so, perfect. So that situation is actually perfect for everybody. It is. It's absolutely, first and foremost, perfection for Bike Exchange. They didn't have to get on the front at all. They had one little mishap with Yates. So barring that, everything, the day went well mm -hmm. for them. Yates finished in front group, so I think he's okay. And, you know, for, for Trek, I don't think they set out at the start of the day to get the jersey. It was probably more about a stage win, but... It's a pretty good consolation, isn't it? I, pr I probably beg to differ there because we saw in the start of the stage just how animated he was in the start of that breakaway. He was waving his hands. He really wanted to make sure Lopez, he could Was tell... he thinking stage we know at the start or was oh, he thinking Look, I think he, Jersey? I think he targeted this stage. Uh, yeah. Like he, he knew the climb. He knew when to go in the middle of the climb. It was yeah. the steepest section. So he had that extra espresso on the bus before the start. Sega Fredo. Let's not name names. It's just, we're just reading the jersey. That's all. We're just reading the jersey. Uh, let's have a quick look at some of the, 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 the winners. We just, we just saw the winners. But let's see what happened to the losers. And you just mentioned Yates. And Yates is not a loser. No. Uh, Mandy is asking, what happened to Simon Yates? Yeah, so he, Mandy, good question. He, he, he had a touchdown early on in the stage. We almost We only just caught a glimpse of him. And he had a touchdown. There was a couple of crashes early on, wasn't there, Mark? And it was just going through these tiny little villages, paved roads, uneven roads. It was indeed. It was just yeah. one of those small little Italian roads. It looked like it was going downhill. Parve, yeah. obviously very slippery. Touch of the wheels. And there's probably a good 10 or 15 people involved in that crash. And yeah. Yates seemed to be on the bottom of it. And then he, he got some spray from the medic, the magic spray on the knee. And he finished in the front group. So we don't think there's any issues, real issues there. But you guys were talking yesterday in the commentary, the fact that Yates is almost always riding at the back of the peloton. Well, and was, why is that? And then why is that a problem? It's a, Well, it's a natural style that he it's rides, a gamble. isn't it? It's a it's, big, big gamble, especially... This early in the tour, yeah. there's still a lot of nervous guys out there. <laughs> and remember I the time he was back. he was sort of 150 metres off the back and the gas was on in the peloton and he had to bridge on his own for about 400 metres at probably six kilometres an hour. 
It was fine, but you don't want to have to do that when you're a, a leader of a team, do you? For me, it just makes it, it would make me too nervous. Mm. It makes your teammates nervous because they're the ones that are going to have to save save your backside yeah. when you end up in trouble. Yeah. They're going to have to commit to get you back to the front. Yeah. So yeah. minor little glitch there. We're, we're nitpicking, by the way. It was a good day all <laughs> in all. When you're but, in, but when you're in to win the Giro, you're there to win the Giro. And that's yeah. three weeks of riding in the front. So yeah. for and me, we didn't see Carapaz. No. Like that, did we? But at all. having said this, actually, it's a good point because we do, we we move on onto the, the losers. But let's carry on just a little bit on the winners. Ineos yesterday, they did show their strength. They did show they were dictating the climb. I think, think I think we saw a bit of the old the old yeah. school riding on the front as a train, uh, putting it in a line, and they've got a great depth. The depth yeah. here in the Giro is amazing. It, it is amazing, and. You can go two ways, can't you? You can absolutely. They show their depth. They show their strength. But Bike Exchange had the two other Aussies, Housen and Lucas Hamilton, finish more or less with that front group as well. And they didn't have to put their noses in the wind at all, all day. They are saving as much as they can. Matt White knows all too well how brutal the third week of the Giro is. Mm -hmm. And you can argue it's more brutal than the third week of the Tour de France. So... There's so much to play out. Early days here, but it is good to analyse it and um, yeah, you know, pick it, it pick it to pieces. Now, if we point to the to the losers, I can think of two. Mm-hmm. The first one is lost on his own volcano, yep. Nibali. Does he own it? I don't know, but he, he could. He, he lived near it. He lives near it. He's from he's from just the bottom of that volcano, and and he lost it on the climb. Why? Uh, look, he's what is he? Thirty six. I think he's thirty six. Yeah. He's one of the great. Great Grand Tour riders of this last decade and some. He's won all three. He's won the Giro twice, the Tour and the Vuelta. He's not at his best. Mm-hmm. He, his best has passed him. I am a little bit surprised, Mark. I thought day four, and I wanted to see Nibali in the fight because I, I like him as a on and off the bike, his demeanour, but he's just not there, is he? He is just slowly on that downhill slide and, uh, you know, age catches up with everyone. Yeah. He comes up with the best of us. Not that very. But well, that's a, bad, that's eh? not. <laughs> he's like he was in the front group, fine by line, the way. Forty-two. Line. He's forty-two. I know. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, for sure. I would love to see him do a bit better. Especially, yeah. he would have had a lot of support on the climb. And they've lost Lopez. He just doesn't have the line. The yeah, yeah, they've lost the other Lopez. Yeah, yeah, Miguel, Miguel Angel. Angel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he not was looking good. Incidentally, he was four fifty down. Yeah. That's on the stage winner. So he lost about 2.30 to that Yates-Carapaz group. So does that tell us that Nibali on now on a good day could actually? do something exciting in the next few it, it gives him it gives him a little bit of time yeah. just yeah. to nip up the road so there's always a yeah. chance an aggressive yeah. rider he is he's very aggressive in stages like that so two and a half minutes yeah. i think you, you know, can't in, ride him off still any spike exchange they'd be happy to give him a minute or mm. two in the mm. final one day so yeah it'll create opportunities and luke is asking uh tom dumoulin yes absolutely tom dumoulin, tom dumoulin, dumoulin. nine minutes ouch nine minutes ouch exactly former former winner in 2017 yeah. tom dumoulin no Ouch. coming back from there. No. There is absolutely – there's there's potential stage win, yeah. but there's no coming back into the GC. And no actually, Yumbo as well, because they, they lost another rider as well. So not lost, but they, they, uh, they didn't have a great day yesterday. No, but. they haven't had a great – They well, they've had an okay start until now. Yeah. So the, the cracks have appeared uh, for Yumbo. Any other losers on the day? Guillaume-Martin lost – he was just ahead of Nibley. He Martin. lost 408. Martin. Martin. Guillaume Martin. Guillaume 
Martin. Martin, yeah, Martin. Right, Pell. Let's be pedantic. This is what I got to put up with, Mark. You've got to come with better French. Just do the thing. Thank you, Mark. First day on the job. Maintenant, on parle français. On peut le faire en français, en fait, si tu veux. On peut faire en français. Pero, pero, questo giro d'Italia, non in Francia. Who cares, who cares, who cares. Okay, Guillaume Martin. He lost 408. So he lost a bit of time. But he's this sort of guy, he, he does that. And then he gets in a move and he pegs back some ground. Yeah. So I'm, I'm undecided about my time. He, he likes to ride a little bit underdog. I mm. guess. He's always got that little bit of yeah. gap that he likes to get a little well, bit of Well, he's in the writing for it. Yeah. He's in the writing for it, Coffee this, you know. That's, a, that's not a, it's almost a strategy. That well, they're happy to <laughs> give them a little bit of leash yeah. and, and just let them have a little bit of room. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about the other Aussies? Uh, let's start with, uh, with Jai. What do we think of his performance, Jay? Well, he was there, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was hidden. We only sort of spotted him. I only spotted him in the last three, four kilometres. Obviously, we had that small glitch last night through no fault of SBSs. But um, <laughs> yeah. so we didn't know where, if he was there. He was. Front group, signs are good, I think. Correct? Oh, I'd be really happy. Front group, that was a very select group. It yeah. was whittled down mm. quite small on that climb, and, and that's a long climb, over 20 kilometres of climbing. So mm. that bodes well for the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, let's listen to uh, Jay Henley. And what's the plan uh, for you for this year uh, in, in the overall? Are you going to get a chance to, to, uh, to go for it? Yeah, yeah, I think so for sure. Um, we've got three guys here, including myself, for the GC, and uh, yeah, Wilco Keldman and Emmanuel Bookman, who are also in really good form. So, yeah, I think it's nice actually to to have more cards to play and more options in the in the finals. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we can be offensive today, but we'll see how it plays out. Good luck today, mate. Thanks very much. No worries. Just... How can you not spot him with those shades? Uh, um, how, how, how well do you know Jai? I don't know him too well, being he, honest. He's pretty he's laid back. I, I, I thought you were, you were always pretty laid back. He's pretty laid back. Yeah, but, you know, that's the youth of today. Yeah. He's come through. He knows he's got good legs. Yeah, he's yeah. in the front group, so I'd be relaxed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we mentioned Bora. Uh, he's, he's a key part of Bora. When do you think a team like Bora could decide they can't have three cooks in that team? They've, that, that burned several other teams before. When do they actually decide? How I, do they decide? I think it's going to be a process of elimination. Okay. That's mm. what Grand Tours are. There's going to be crashes. There's going to be, you know, issues arise, sickness. So as long as they can keep three in the top, you know, the top 10, 20 riders, they'll mm-hmm. keep them there. That's okay. that, And that's how, not that they hope that's the way it happens. They hope they've got three right till the very end. But management would be thinking that, wouldn't they? That eventually we're going to end up with one leader. I think, of I think teams like that, they want to hedge their bets. A director there, mm. um, you know, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll want to keep them all on that same level mm. because at some stage something's going to go wrong. And yeah. if it doesn't, you go into the final week with three riders in the top yeah. 20 top, positions. Yeah, yeah. So you think Jay is relaxed. How relaxed is Richie? He's pretty chill. He's pretty chill. Last Grand Tour yeah. of his career. He's comfortable. I, Let- I know Richie well, <laughs> and he'd be definitely hiding it under there a little so bit. So hold this one. Hold this one. We'll <laughs> listen from Richie, and then we'll, uh, we'll debate Richie straight after. Yeah, it's your final year. You're obviously in fantastic form. Uh, what is your plan for this Giro? What do you think will be your role? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm in good condition. Um, and my role here is to really just uh, try and enjoy it, to be honest. It's not the easiest sport to enjoy at the moment, but... You know, I think uh, in, in a few weeks when, it, when the race is done, it would be nice to be able to look back and, and uh, just, you know, enjoyed my race.
So I think it's pretty chill, but uh, you think it's just a, a protection. Oh, it's a bit of an act. It's Richie Port. He knows this is uh, this is his last Grand Tour potentially. Yeah. Uh, he wants to go out with a good ride, so there'll be a little bit of stress. There always is in the Giro, uh, but he shows he's not he's not showing it there, which is great to see. That so that shows he's got confidence, Christoph. Look, he's in the top ten. Uh, so what what does Ineos do with Richie? He's a good problem to have, I guess. Well, he team. played. He, he he actually got on the front. Mm -hmm. One point yesterday with Carapaz on the wheel really turned the screws after the team had done the bulk of the work. So he was already, I guess you could say, sacrificing himself. So I think he's happy to do that. But is he a headache for other teams? Where, when they look and, and want to fight Ineos, they go, are they going to go? Now, what what he's is rich? He's a headache if they want to try and attack Carapaz. I wouldn't yeah. call it a headache. No? It's, uh, you know, it's that little painful you know, yeah. feeling that you get because they, <laughs> they come with multiple riders. Carapaz, yeah. Richie. Uh, Sivakov, he didn't look great yesterday, but they've got some depth in the team. And and as we just spoke about, having numbers in the top 20 places, it makes yeah. it difficult for okay. other teams. Let's have a look at the, the top 10 uh, right now. So we know uh, uh, Lopez is in the pink. Kamna is second. Uh, Tarami is third. Yates is a very good fourth. And then uh, especially if we go back to the, the top 10, uh, in there, when you look at six, seven, tenth, we've got Kelderman, Almeida, and then uh, sorry, Almeida is eighth, and then Roman Bardet and Porte ninth. That yeah. that is a pretty select top ten. Yeah, look, it's it's shaping up nicely, and you've got a couple of the guys from the breakaway, Tara May, of course, and Van Sevenant from Quick Step, Alpha Vinyl. They, those two were in the break. Tara May will last. He'll last a little bit yeah. in that top ten because he can climb. We know that, and he's done so well at the Vuelta before. Yeah, well. yeah, he, he's a quality rider. He's won stages at, at Grand Tours, but. Yates for Team Bike Exchange, Jake. I remember he was the leader of the guys outside of that breakaway. This is perfect. 147. The longer he can prolong getting that Mayor Rosa, yeah. the better. Yeah, absolutely. For, for his chances to yeah. win the race. Totally, totally. Uh, we There was a question here. Are we going to talk about Sarah Gigante? Yes, we are going to talk about Sarah Gigante. And you know what? Sarah Gigante is going to talk to you as well because we've got a special clip uh, just for you. It's just been uh, received uh, on, uh, on our group and then uh, that's just a message for you. It's coming straight after what we are going to talk about. What we're going to talk about today is, of course, Mark Cavendish uh, because yesterday we had a chat with Bridie and Bridie made some, some, some comments that you did not really agree with. Yeah, look, you know, it's very hard for me as a sprinter, as a lead-out rider, um, and it's a team sport. Uh, Bridie mentioned she was a little bit upset with some of the comments that Mark Cavendish uh, made about Mara. So let, let's... Yeah, let's, I was going to say, let's... Can you refocus the comments? Just <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and help me out if I get it wrong, but he made a comment in the post-stage after the win that, uh, was it Mara Schmid? Yep. yep. Wasn't at the front to help in the, in the sort of build-up to the sprint train. He went missing, more or less in those words, didn't he? But he said it publicly in the live feed. Bridie thought it was poor form. I thought Cavendish. it was poor form as well. The I, way I she think. said it, yeah. um, I, I thought she said it. She <laughs> sold us, by the way. We went, yeah, that's poor form. Right, yep, Cav, right, Cross. <laughs> and then you came in. For dessert. And you've been, you've been a lead-out man for him for many, many years. You know him well. What okay. did you say? If, if Mark Cavendish is, is uh, you know, he's dropped his name in that post-race conference, there's a reason for it. So that wasn't a mistake. That was not. No, a no. There's a reason for it, and I'm uh, I'm pretty sure in that team meeting before the stage on the bus, uh, they would have assigned a role to tomorrow. They would have told him he needed to be there at this point, yep. and the team were relying on him. Obviously, he wasn't there. Yeah. He's got good legs. He had a good time trial the day after. You know, bit of self-interest, maybe he's still up there for sure. He's yep. guarding. You know, he's guarding his legs. He's keeping them fresh as possible. Yeah. But I can tell you, as a sprinter, as a lead-out man. 
to have someone designated a role and then not deliver and then come through for the stage victory after, you can expect that the hammer's going to come down. And like you said, he's a paid professional. He's paid to do his job. He's not paid to win the Giro mm. Italia. He's paid to be there. Okay, he's, he's doing really well at the moment. But, you know, when, you, when you're in a team and you're going for a sprint, you need the whole team. Should it have been done behind closed doors, though? Or that's just Prob- Cav's style? Probably, but that's Mark Cavendish. Yeah. He is, he's 110% into winning. Did he, did he ever get – I'm sure he got stuck into you off – in p- private, or maybe he didn't, but did he ever get stuck into you publicly? I don't remember him ever doing it. Look, but... there's probably only one instant um, that it happened, and it, of course it was a big one. First road stage of the Tour de France, uh, back when we signed it at Quickstep. Yep. The first stage after the time trial, we went for the, um, we we're going for the victories, crosswinds. It went, I'll tell it really quick because we yeah, don't have too much time. No, we've got time. <laughs> we've no, got we, two we, hours, mate. I've got my tea. We've got some vision <laughs> lined up. Let's go. <laughs> so we had, um, no, it was the first stage in the Tour de France after the time trial. Uh, big crosswinds, racing exploding. Uh, and I think we had five or six riders from Quickstep uh, in this front group. It was myself, Cav, Tony Martin, yep. Kwiatowski, Bert Grupsch. Um, anyway, it finished, uh, on one of the bridges there in Holland, windy, windy. And I just went too early. I just hung him out to dry, went 500 to go, put him on the front 250 into a headwind. And Obviously, that was it. I think I remember Andre Greipel breezed past, took the stage victory. So we lost the yellow jersey in Cavendish. Didn't uh, win oh, the sorry, stage. Sorry, Tony Martin. Yeah. He would have taken the yellow jersey. We lost the white jersey also. So, um, yeah, we, there was tears in the hotel. It was on. It was on. It was on. <laughs> wow. Not only me, the director, sportif, Cavendish, the whole lot. Wow. Actually, wow. quick question for you. Uh, Cavendish is on 54 wins, I think, in a, in a Grand Tour. How many of them did you deliver for him? Do you know? Uh, I haven't looked at exact numbers. I think over the two, there's more than 20 Tour de France stages. Yeah. Um, the last time in the Giro was back, I think, 2011 with HTC. I think we won three stages and yeah. then we... We got the hell out of there and started looking towards Tour de France. Okay. So, well, I mean, to be so to be fair, then we'll say it. You don't have to say it, but really, without you, he'd only be on about twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it. I'll just say, yeah, class, classy bike riders need. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you need teammates. So it's privileged <laughs> to be there. It's so humble. It's so humble. Yeah, uh, way actually, too humble. While you're here, uh, there's a question: If Cav keeps on winning here at the Giro, we debated it, but no one knows more than you. Uh, and again, we don't want to pitch on you. Or just as the as the cavman, but in reality, do you think he should be at the Tour de France? Will he be at the Tour de France? What does he need to be at the Tour de France? Oh, it's a great problem for Quickstep Alpha Vinyl to have. Yeah. Um, you know, Cavendish in form, he's hungry, he wants mm. more wins. Uh, Jakobsen sitting at home, just you know, fingers crossed that he doesn't take another win. For me, I just envisage that Patrick, uh, he's sitting there with a nice glass of wine thinking this is a great problem. <laughs> with a nice glass of but, wine. At uh, what time of the day I is think that? He's probably <laughs> has some few words into this. But me sitting, sitting back, looking, uh, looking from the outside in this role now, I think the spot for the Tour de France will be decided on injury, illness or sickness. I think it'll be one of these factors. And, and, and I don't think it'll be a factor on results. And would, it, would right. something like Netflix, because that was my theory, would the fact that Netflix comes in makes it a great 
spectacle, a great let's, window. Let's be honest, Christoph. Mark Cavendish will have his own Netflix series. I know. <laughs> so he does, this will be produced after Tour de France. Uh-huh. But, but honestly, I think the team will be decided um, okay. outside of results. Uh, do you think I'm steering it a bit? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but but the thing is, it's exactly. a huge talking point. And, and to remind you, the viewers, we, we, we're talking about it all, but he's one win off the Eddie Merckx record. Who happens to be yeah, he's equal, the, he's equal. arguably the greatest ever? He's equal the record. Oh, he's, he's equal, one, is he's, he? Yeah, he's, he's one win off. So he's, it. he's one win off yeah. beating it. Yeah. A Belgian team run by you know notorious hard man Belgian Patrick Lefevre. So there's so many talking points to this. Yeah. It, it's intriguing. It really is. Oh, it, it's just going to be so exciting. The whole lead up to the Tour de France. <laughs> oh, well, I want to know. We're getting uh, off track because we, he, he will win tonight. That's my pick for today. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to know where Jakobsen is racing f- between now and the tour. He'll be somewhere at a couple of smaller tours, I'd imagine. Yeah. So he'll be gunning to win as much as he can. We've got another question here. Uh, might be a hard one to reply, but which is the most difficult tour? You've done them all. Uh, which one is the... Are they really, the three of them, so different that you can't distinguish them? Or are they... There's one that is more difficult than other. Well, I, I've raced all three. I've raced the Volta, the Giro, the Tour... Uh, honestly, Tour de France, it just comes with that prestige, the the level of riders in the race. Uh, they're, they're all special in their own right. The, the Giro's crazy. Mm-hmm. We've got crazy finishes. We'll see that later tonight. Left-hander, you know, more than 90 degrees in the final. And the Vuelta, it's super difficult. Late season, you've got to mentally be on top of your game to yeah. go there. Okay. Mm. There you go. There's the, uh, the answer. Uh, quickly, before we move on to uh, Sarah Gigante, let's talk about the stage tonight. Uh, it's, a, it's an early one because you guys are pretty much stepping out of this podcast. To, uh, <laughs> We're not, taking not three <laughs> steps into the commentary booth that way, and away yeah. we go. Yep. So that is uh, the profile for tonight. Uh, what do we make of it? We make of it, it well, <laughs> Mark, you're no better man than you to give us a take on that, but I'll give my two bobs. I think they're going to attack like mad at the start. And then how big the breakaway is. It's 100 kilometres from the summit to the yep. finish. It's 70 kilometres from the bottom of the descent to the finish line. And that the, finish is very tricky. The break can survive, but it's got to be more than 10 riders, I think, for it to survive. Okay. Mark? And what do you make of that finish? Because you, we looked at it in, a, in, in our green room. Uh, it's a bit of a tricky finish. It is. It's a, we're back to Giro finals. Uh, that you know mm-hmm. that other sprint stage wasn't normal. Big Boulevard. <laughs> so today we've got that left hander, last corner. It's more than ninety degrees. It, you know, it's it's a point where they're going to have to break, and it's a little bit of elevation in today's mm. final. So they're dropping down into that final corner, super fast. I know that all these guys maybe will throw one tooth bigger chainring on the front just to make sure that they can go into that final corner in the first five or six riders. Wow. wow. There we go. This oh, is what's uh, happening. It's going to be a good one. Pretty much uh, straight after this podcast, I think it's 7. 7.20. We are live on demand. 7.20 on and demand. And of course, remember, SBN's on demand is pretty much the whole stage. Uh, and you're very lucky to have uh, the whole stage uh, happening on SBS on demand. Now, Sarah Gigante. Oh. Let, let, you know what? Let's say nothing. Yeah. And just let's watch this and enjoy. <laughs> Yes, yes, Dennis. <laughs> 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 
Maka, you're not crying. I'm, I'm, I'm crying. Not, I'm not crying. You're crying. This oh, is I'm trying to laugh. I'm trying to something funny. <laughs> so much, so much, but so much emotion in that because we know what she went through for the last year, year and a half. Yeah, she look. Sarah's Sarah's a Melbourne girl. She comes from the Brunswick club, the same club as as Lucas Platt. You know, such a great program. Brunswick. Yeah. And she look. She's had high expectations on herself and we've probably put high expectations yep. on her because of what she's delivered at such a young age. She had a really tough 12 months, Ill, illness, injury. Um, she, she was delayed start to the season, big signing with Movistar, yep. but she's just started to step up in the last few weeks and, and show some form. And she's been really happy because we've been following her on socials and she's got this following mm. because we all know the potential of it. Yep. And then she delivers in Vuelta, Nevada. Uh, it was a one-day race. There's a series of one-day races, and she's won the first one. Solo victory, just brilliant. Yeah, really brilliant. Do you know her? Do you? Do you per- know- I don't know her personally, but mm-hmm. I followed her career over the last couple of years, and yeah, we saw some amazing rides yeah. last year in January in Two mm-hmm. Under. Yeah. Do you know what she sent us? She did send us a little message for us and for you. Let's have a let's have a listen. Yeah, I'm absolutely over the moon after taking my first European victory yesterday. It felt like such a shock and I had such goosebumps in the last 500 metres it finally sunk in that I was going to win the race even though on the radio I'd been hearing for the last few kilometres to enjoy the last moments because I was going to win I didn't believe them at all I was just going full gas but then yeah in the last few hundred metres then it suddenly um, hit me and it felt absolutely like a dream after the last 12 months it made this moment so much sweeter. I was just thinking about like the crash with my broken bones and then like the five months keeping my heart rate under 100 and such a long road back from there. It took so long to get my power back. Um, I worked really hard and I had some amazing support. And then yesterday I had amazing support on the road as well. My team were absolutely brilliant. I'm so, so happy here at Movistar and yeah, we really worked well together yesterday. I, it's just, yeah, such a dream. Thanks for all the support as well. That That's one thing that's made it even more special. Like, I know some people were even awake at 3 a.m. watching, especially thanks to my mum. She was definitely awake. I think her sleep last night was comparable to my sleep this night. Like, I have barely slept. I'm so excited. So, yes, thanks for all the messages, everyone. I really appreciate it. You cannot not like. Ah, Sarah she's a gem. Yeah? She's, she's a gem, isn't um, she? Mark, you, uh, you you mentioned on Twitter how she's happy on Twitter. There's, is there more room for emojis? I'm not sure. No, <laughs> look, it's great. It's great to see her so happy uh, and relieved. Like it's it's a long road back. She said here uh, on Twitter that she spent five months under 100 beats per minute. That's very hard to do as an athlete. Mm-hmm. You really want to rev that engine high. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to have that limiter on and over five months, that's extremely long time. Yeah, it, it's yeah. pretty much recovery riding, isn't it, for five well, months? Well, it's not even getting up a set of stairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, let's, let's face it, the heart rate goes quickly to 100. Yeah. I think that's my resting heart rate, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, no. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> on that note, it's been a good show. It's been brilliant. I'll tell you what. And I, you know what? I'm looking forward to jumping straight in to the live stage and join us 720 because it is going to go out yeah. of the blocks i think, I think, that's I think a we're in call. for a very fast 20 kilometers uh, yeah. of this stage and as you said 
I think there's going to need to be a group of 10 to get away. Mm. Any less than 10, any less than five, we're in for a bunch sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's at uh, 7.20 on SBS On Demand. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I think I, I'll rephrase it again. You've been a great addition to this team. Thank you. We thank love you having your, having your, your in-depth and, uh, and, and what you bring into this team. So thank you. Pleasure. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast uh, live. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, tomorrow, same place, same time. It's bye for now. Now that we're done talking cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home, I admit, it gets old real quick. But with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discovering how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on Zwift.